Never, ever in a million years would she forget the moment when the daycare lady had rushed out of her house and screamed that Jeffrey must have crawled out of the window during nap time and bolted into the Saturday afternoon sunlight. It would remain etched onto her memory banks forever, like the one when two uniformed officers had appeared at her door to tell her that Paul had been incinerated by a bomb six weeks before she'd given birth. A tear ran down Rosalie's face, stinging her skin chafed raw from the sun, wind, and hours of tears. She and Paul had waited to have a family, figuring he'd be done after three tours in the Middle East, and he would have been if the commander of his squadron had not stepped on an IED in Afghanistan. The man had been Paul's mentor for years, grooming him to take over after he retired, which he'd been within twelve months of reaching, when he'd been reduced to vapor on the side of some godforsaken road in that fucked-up country, the same country where Paul rushed off to, eager to fill the commander's shoes, promoted, proud, and about to be a father. She straightened, wiping her eyes, cursing under her breath. The bourbon went fast, smooth, and straight to her head, making her blink back more tears. Sensing movement in the kitchen doorway, she rose and met Antony's dark gaze. She took him in, letting her gaze start at his bare feet, then move up his long jeans-clad legs, taking in his UK basketball logoed T-shirt across the wide expanse of his shoulders, smiling when she reached his love family signature square jaw, full lips, and dark eyes. A lick of relief crossed her consciousness. Antony had been Paul's best friend their whole lives. She'd known the Love family since forever. Before losing her fight with cancer, Rosie's mother had been Lindsay Love's canasta-playing, horse-riding friend. It seemed natural for Antony to be so integral to her life after Paul's sudden and tragic absence. And now he represented something more, yet not at the same time. She shut her eyes tight until her head hurt, anything to drive out the vision that had imprinted in her mind since the second she'd realized Aiden had come back to the fold. God help her, she'd probably babysat him at some point or another, but the sight of him had hit her in the gut, between the eyes and a few other unmentionable places all at once, that afternoon she'd convinced Antony to take pity on him and help him out. She jumped when Antony's arms encircled her, trembling and her knees pounding in her head the tight grip anxiety it had on her for so long today, all combined to make her shiver, want to scream, and run away from him. He'd been such a stalwart companion, had taken good care of her house, her car, her kid, but yet he'd never, in four years, gone further than a kiss, or once when they'd drunk too much beer at a party, a little mutual masturbation, which had led to the most awkward morning after she'd ever experienced.
Wrapping her arms around his waist, she let him hold her, taking in long breaths of him, the deeply ingrained odors of gasoline and oil, leather and sweat, now tinged with the sweet essence of bourbon. He shifted his usual maneuver when he got aroused by a hug or a kiss from her. Instead of stepping away out of deference to the physical distance he maintained, she pressed closer to him. As she sighed and turned her face up to his, she forced images of Aiden's dancing hazel eyes and mischievous grin out of her head. I need you, she whispered, before rising up on her toes and covering his lips with hers. She would admit that she was sick of just kissing him. They were like immature teenagers sometimes.